And I look over and there's this handwritten sign that's being held up by this little girl. And she, I, I go closer to see what it says. And it says, John, your fly is down. Oh. <laughs> and so I look, I look back at the Jumbotron. No, oh, no. And yeah, sure enough, there it is. The fly was down. So I still don't know how to turn that one into an opportunity, but it, it's, I'm sure it's possible. Somewhere, what a sweet, what a sweet kid. What a sweet kid to let you know in that <laughs> moment, you know? <laughs> right? Um. We're today on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studios with John Foreman of Switchfoot. Check him out at switchfoot.com. John, thanks so much for being here today, man. Hola. Yes. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Now, listen, I got to start off a little piece of history. We have we have a little bit of history here. And uh, right here behind me is, let's see if I can get it down here. Can you see this? Those that are yes. There's a little piece. Yes. There's pieces of the guitar that you broke in <laughs> Memphis. Do you remember that? That's right. I was gonna. <laughs> yes, I do. Were you there? I was there. I was there. And uh, when you smashed it, when you smashed it, I was front row center and guitar and John went everywhere. And so it was a fun. So I grabbed a couple of pieces and I kept it for myself. <laughs> That's great. I got it. I got a couple pieces over here in our studio somewhere. Well, I'll so, melt. Yeah, I've only smashed. <laughs> no, no, it's yours. I've only smashed two guitars in my life, and that was one of them. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. Of course, it was, it was here in Memphis, and I saw it happen. I saw it break. I saw it get stepped on. I was like, <gasps> and then, uh, of course, then they showed it to you, and you're like, well, I think that was right before Hello Hurricane came out. And so you said, well, out with the old, in with the new. And, uh, and the rest is kind of history. So that's always been kind of a funny story I've carried with me. And so, uh, so, so yeah, so that was that was a fun time for me. Well, you're a San Diegan there with uh, Ron Burgundy and whatnot. And so, that's right. you know, Keeping it classy. That's right. That's right. Stay classy, San Diego. How did, let's go back to the beginning for a second. You know, in early days, it was you and your brother, Tim, and then Chad, who's still a drummer with you guys. How did Switchfoot even get started to begin with? So, you know, I mean, my brother and I have been playing music since, you know, we could walk, basically, you know, and there's always like a guitar, or piano, whatever it was lying around. I think if I mean, I, I would imagine people who grew up in a musical household know what it's like. It's you don't even know that you're playing music. You're you're building blocks. You're tinkering around the piano. You're writing songs. You're drawing whatever it is. That was kind of how how I grew up. So my brother and I, we started kind of, I mean, I guess it got a little bit more serious when we started playing in a Zeppelin cover band in junior high. And then different drummers come in and out. And but, I, you know, you play so play in so many different bands. And but I know when Tim, Chad and myself started playing together, it felt like something really clicked and felt beautiful. That was back in the 1900s. <laughs> so uh <laughs> you know yeah, kids you know is... kids refer to that you know kids refer to us as those that were born in the late 1900s now you know that's a thing oh yeah oh yeah kids no i mean my uh my friend who's 
you know, 22, he never experienced the 1900s. So I'm going to have to tell him about it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my job. Tell him to read the history book. So you grew up, so, so, so your family was musical growing up. Like, were your parents musical? Yeah. So my parents, they both play guitar and piano. And um, so it's just, you know, it'd, it'd be like, you got books lying around, you got piano, you got guitar, you got harmonicas and different things. And, and, um, you know, you get bored enough, you start messing around with them and start writing songs, you know? But what and point? I, I th so for me, yeah, it was like, it was like, a just a, you didn't even call it music. You just, just call it playing, you know? Yeah. So as you're just playing and tinkering around and doing stuff there with your brother, at what point were you like, you know what, like, this is, this is my passion. This is what I want to try to do. Well, the other thing about growing up in a musical family is, is that you're very aware that there's no possible way that you could ever make money playing music, <laughs> you know? So, um, of course you're passionate about it. It's like surfing, you know, like I love surfing, but I never, there's like 10 people in the world who can actually afford a house and be a pro <laughs> surfer for more than 10 years. You know what I mean? It's this yeah. thing where it's, and everyone knows it, you know, like, so it's the same thing where you're like, yeah, of course, go surfing, write a song, but get a real job, you know? <laughs> So that was always that was that was kind of the the perspective I had growing up, and so you just kind of kept uh, kept wandering along until next thing you know, you know, you were able to pay some bills with it. You've done uh, you've done pretty still, well with it. I cannot believe that I, I can, uh, yeah, buy buy breakfast with that's a song. Right. I, I don't know how that works. You know? <laughs> so you're going along, and a story that's always been interesting to me, and I would love to just talk a little bit about it here if you're up for it. Is I, you know, you, you guys had. Uh, you know, Legend of Chen, and then you had uh, Learning to Breathe, and then the record the world almost never heard, which is now uh, out again, and I'm pumped about what you guys are doing with other artists releasing the versions along the way. The beautiful letdown makes its way out. What was that journey like where it's like these songs may not see the light of day? What Can you walk me through that process right there of, of that season of life? when you guys were able to pull that out of the hat when it almost didn't happen. Yeah. So you've got a couple kids in their twenties that are, our drummer just got married. My brother's got a girlfriend, but it's getting pretty serious. We're thinking, you know, this music thing has been fun, but probably time to actually get a real job. Let's make one last album, you know, let's make one last record do everything that we want to do for us. Um, and, and this'll, this'll be great. You know, let's enjoy the process. We make it, we get signed to Sony, um, which is in those days that, you know, it's hard to explain the 1900s, the early two thousands, you know, right. It was like another time, but um, there's no such thing as Spotify or, mm -hmm. or iTunes or, you know, Apple music or anything. So, um, these you know sony was basically that was our chance to be heard around the world we thought okay we're, we're on we got signed to columbia records this is it we sign with them we we fly to new york to play our first headlining show in new york city for you know people who paid to get in but primarily for the label and the guy at the very top of the sony headquarters there in new york city here's the here's one or two songs and walks out and says why do you keep signing this expletive 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 
Um, <laughs> this is garbage. And the song he actually walked out on was Dairy to Move. Holy cow. Um, he, he's like, I don't hear any hits. This is just, you know. And so we got dropped or, you know. And it was a, it was a thing where uh, at that time, you know, you're pretty, you know, you're pretty young. You're pretty impressionable. And you think to yourself, okay, here's this guy who's paid a lot of money to, you know, know what he likes and know what he doesn't. You know, what does this mean that we don't have a future? What do, what do we think about this? And we kind of came to the conclusion, you know, a couple of days later, we were like, you know what? I don't care what he thinks. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to put this record out because we love it. I don't care if he loves it or not. That's irrelevant. His opinion, um, you know, let's hold, let's, uh, you know, fight the man on this one and we're going to put it out. And and so we put it out on R.E.D. Records, which is like basically like the minors, the minor leagues mm-hmm. um, to the majors. And and then two million copies later, he this main guy at the top of Sony Records comes around and a lot of smiles and handshakes. And he's saying, oh, I love you guys. I knew <laughs> I believed in you from the beginning. You know, but it, yeah, the record almost never came out. And um, yeah, and needless to say, that was an album that really we had to fight for. And I'm so glad we did. Yeah, and I think the rest of us are as well. And I, I missed when I was listening off the, listening off the records. I, mean, I, I missed New Way to Be Human. And that's where I found you guys for the first time, was New Way to Be Human. Oh, I was wow. like, what? Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, holy cow, like, what is this band? So I kind of was following along and I was beating this drum of like, the switchfoot drum down here in Memphis, Tennessee. And Let's uh, go. that's right. That's <laughs> right. And then finally, Meant to Live blows sky high. And I said, where you guys been all this time? I've been telling you guys about this <laughs> band all this time, all this time. <laughs> and we're here with John Foreman of Switchfoot. Check them all out. Switchfoot.com. John, switching gears a little bit. Do you remember the first record you bought with your own money? I remember the first record that was given to me at a birthday party. What was it? Um, White Snake. Okay. Uh, going down the only road I've ever known. You know that that yeah. jam. <laughs> um, here I go again on my own. Yeah. So I remember that one. Um, yeah, and I, I, uh, I'm trying to. So we had Lose Records. Is is the record store right near me and. and I used to go down there and all the bands that we were in in high school, we would make our records and we put them out on consi- consignment yeah. lose records. And if we yeah. made any money, I'd spend it all, you know, right then and there exactly. and buy more <laughs> records. Yeah. All right. So, so why snake was the first one was given to you. You're buying all the yep. records there that you, all the money you're making. Who were some of your influences growing up? So, it's kind of interesting. All the bands that I looked up to that I knew personally were really small, tiny indie local bands. Um, Heavy Vegetable and um, you got Pinback and and you've got Boilermaker and, you know, all these San Diego bands that. And so the dream was, man, if we could if we could get a tour and go all the way up the coast to San Francisco and back, whoa, that would be unreal. <laughs> yeah. So those those 
and then I and then every other band that I listen to is usually from the UK. You know, Zeppelin and the Police and Beatles, U2. You know that sort of thing. All right. So you, at this point, I usually ask the question of if you could open up for anybody dead or alive, who would it be, and all that stuff. But we're gonna, I'm gonna change that. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're gonna find the guy some heavy vegetable and some of the others you're listening, and we're gonna do yes. that tour from San Diego yeah. to San Francisco. That's what Let's needs go. to happen, John. <laughs> oh man! So we'll uh, we'll uh, I'll, I'll start googling around and see if I can hunt all those guys down, and I'll uh, we'll reach out. And we'll see what happens along the way. <laughs> I love it. So No Knife, um, one of our heroes growing up, local band. We actually had our friend who's in No Knife tour with us one time. He's like, yeah. "Hey, I'll open for you guys," um, and he's gonna follow behind the tour bus in a pickup truck. <laughs> um ryan and we're and we're looking at the tour dates it's in the middle of the winter we're going through canada <laughs> across the rockies and we're like you're gonna you're gonna die it's, so just just get on the bus we'll you just just hop on the bus we'll find something for you to do during the day but yeah no knife is another one of those bands all right no knife and heavy vegetable no pickup trucks through canada we'll no, make it happen we're gonna make it happen. those are the only rules that's fair. Again, we're here with John Foreman of Switchfoot. Check him out at switchfoot.com. John, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? I don't, but I do remember I wrote a song for some friend of mine when I was in elementary school because she was my best friend and she was coming over for, you know, to hang out. I think I was like third grade, second grade, something like that. And um, then she got sick and she couldn't come over and I switched it from major to minor. I remember that. So that <laughs> that's the first time I remember a rewrite of a song. That's you know? right. You're feeling the emotion and making it happen. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, this, yeah, I'm emo in second grade. You know? <laughs> well, I figure things have changed a little bit for your process since the second or third grade. What's your songwriting process like today? So this is actually the room... I don't know if people can hear <laughs> and see what what I'm. I mean, I'm in a room with a bunch of instruments. Mm -hmm. um, got, gosh, probably twenty or thirty different guitars and ukuleles and mandolas and quattros, and then this piano here. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I try and approach music with the eyes of a child i think that wonder is imperative for art i think it's imperative for science as well i think yeah. that the scientific method is begins with curiosity i wonder i wonder um i'm curious then you develop a thesis and then you test your best guess and decide whether you're and then you wonder some more you know i think a song is much the same process where you start with something that keeps you up at night, terrifies you, um, makes you smile, makes you cry, whatever it is. And and um, then you just kind of pick away at it. And I think that when you can find instruments and places that feel uh, somehow safe to explore, then uh, that's where the best songs come out, where both internal voices of critic and child can both speak into the song freely without um 
feeling like they need to be something other than who they are. That's that's where that's my songwriting process. And that, well, that's my favorite one yet. And you said something that I've oft, I've thought about recently a lot. And I think one of the greatest problems that we're facing in the world right now is a loss of wonder. Hmm. I think that's yeah, I, I mean, think that's the cure for so many things. Yeah, I could see that. I I have so many friends that are so much smarter than I, and um, I'm always struck by how um not only i mean it's humbling to be around them because you're you're suddenly realizing you're not going to impress them with something you know or you know but i i think that it is this this innocence and um this approachability um the humility you know of of saying i don't know mm -hmm. let's find out um yeah. that i think that takes a lot more maturity and is actually a much wiser answer than well here's you know trying to mansplain something that you kind of <laughs> kind of know a little i mean the funny thing is we don't know i mean we know what gravity does we don't know mm -hmm. what it, it is yeah you know we know what humans do but we don't know who we are yeah. we don't know what i mean even life is really hard to define yeah um the ai if it becomes oh. sentient is it you know i mean these right. are all questions where you're like, okay um, and I do think that saying I don't know and normalizing that as a as a actual rational response is a beautiful thing in in the postmodern world. Well, John, I think we could wander down that road for a few hours, but we don't have a few hours. Again, getting ready to wrap up here with John Foreman of Switchfoot, switchfoot.com here on Behind the Tunes from the Visible Music College Studio. Uh, quickly, John, there's a few things like live music. It's incredible. It's a gift in so many ways, but there's goofy stuff that happens along the way, too. Is there a most embarrassing yes. onstage moment that sticks out in your mind? So many. <laughs> um, I mean, we've we've been doing this for a minute, and um, <laughs> so there's like so many memories. I think I I had the gift of seeing Elliot Smith live one time when I was, you know, really young and impressionable. I hopefully I'm still impressionable, <laughs> but he the power went out right before we went on stage. And he went out with candles and it was actually in Nashville mm -hmm. and um, he played completely acoustic. And I realized that when things go wrong, it's, it's not a, pro it's, it's, it can be viewed as a problem or an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And um, in that moment, he was a hero. Like he was afforded the opportunity to be a hero by the power outage. And so when things go wrong, I try and view it as an opportunity. I love um, it. However, there are so <laughs> many embarrassing moments where I have never, this is one I, I wasn't able to turn into an opportunity. We were playing an arena on a radio bill with like, I don't know, it was like Kelly Clarkson and Maroon 5 and a bunch of bands. And, um, and so there's, you know, five thousand people and and um there's these huge screens and i feel really good about myself i'm feeling like wow i'm so cool aren't i you know whatever thoughts you think when you're holding a microphone in front of that many people and i look over and there's this handwritten sign that's being held up by this little girl and she i, I go closer to see what it says and it says john your fly is down oh. <laughs> 
And so I look, I look back at the jumbotron. No, oh, no. And yeah, sure enough, there it is. The fly was down. So I still don't know how to turn that one into an opportunity, but it, it's I'm sure it's possible. So what a sweet, what a sweet kid, what a sweet kid to let you know in that moment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Oh man, incredible! Again, we're wrapping up here with John Foreman of Switchfoot, Switchfoot.com. John, I like to end with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on. Let's go. What's your favorite junk food? Mexican. Uh, yeah. Come on. Favorite ice cream flavor? Depends on the brand. Okay. All right. Give me one. Give me your favorite brand. Um, okay. So there's a, a local. I mean, I, the funny thing is I'm not a snob. I'll take anything. I'll take right. McDonald's soft serve <laughs> to like the local whatever. So, yeah, I, it right. really does. I, it depends on the brand. Okay. All right. All right. Can you name one of the seven dwarfs? Oh, yeah. Which I mean, one? we got Sneezy. <laughs> first one that comes to mind. Grumpy, probably closest <laughs> to me. There you go. There you go. What color is your toothbrush? I'd say uh, there's it's a white one there's a white like one of those white electric ones and then mm -hmm. on the road i've got like a you know whatever i think it's a, a blue one yeah in the, in the movie about in the movie about your life the john foreman story what actor plays you um probably jennifer aniston that's a good <laughs> that's fair <laughs> i'd watch it I'd, i'm there for it john. <laughs> i'm there for it if you could be any marvel character who would it be Oh, uh, my, my nephew used to think I looked like Thor, and I, I thought that was a compliment. That's a I'll compliment. Take, take that one. Yeah. What's your favorite he, board he game? He would draw me with the abs and everything, so, you know, <laughs> there we go. Hey, come on. That's a good nephew. What's your favorite <laughs> board game? Uh, probably chess, if that counts. That counts. You have a time machine for one day. Where do you go? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, um... Let's go to Russia and meet Dostoevsky. Fascinating. Favorite cartoon growing up? I hated it, but I we ended up watching the Smurfs a lot. <laughs> that's a weird, that's just a what, pretty weird, dark cartoon, man. Dude, I, it was just what was on, right? And I, I didn't even like it, but yeah. I had, what you my grand, grandma found out we had Smurf everything, like Smurf sheets and yeah hilarious Weird cartoon yeah would 12 year old john think you're cool today you know i don't think he would yeah um he might it depends i think we'd hang out and we'd probably get along i'm kind of uh my my daughter's 11 so i guess we'll find out in a we'll year find out in a year <laughs> oh man I, my son's 11 i'm in the same boat kind of watching let's see and last but not least something you hate that everyone else loves so everyone I know is a goofy foot, meaning they put their right foot forward. Mm -hmm. I put my left foot forward. Do you? I'm, I hate putting my right foot forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that. There we go. <laughs> He's John Foreman of Switchfoot. Check him out at switchfoot.com. John, thanks so much for being here today, man. Hey, thank you for your time, and good to see you again. <laughs>